Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you could take some of your time and be a part of our Essentials series. Before we get started today, I want to make sure, once again, just in case you are not aware, that I have published my first book and would love for you to get your copy. It's called This Flag Does Not Come Down, Freedom Under the Banner of the King, and it is available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, uh, anywhere that you shop for your books, I'm sure that you could find a copy of this. I'd love for you to have it. Let's take a moment to pray as we approach God's Word together. Father, how honored and thankful, humbled we are to approach your Word that you have sent to us to heal, deliver, restore, and to make us aware and understand of not only you, but your ways and how you are working both to will and to do of your plans and purposes in our lives individually, as well as in your kingdom and throughout the world. We trust you, Father, and we thank you that you give us ears that can hear today, eyes that can see, and hearts that are open now and ready to receive your word as it is in truth. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned, we are in a study on the essentials that are revealed for us in Romans 14, 17, where the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I believe that these are essentials because each one of them carries such a dynamic impact, not only in our, in our own hearts and in our own lives, but everywhere that we go through our righteousness, our peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, we have the opportunity to greatly impact our world for the God who saves us and now lives through us. So as we continue on, this is our third study in our Essential Series, and today we're going to talk about the promise of joy. We've talked about the price that was paid for it. We've also talked and looked into the Word of God regarding the power of this joy. And if you haven't listened to those yet, they're on the podcast or uh, they're in previous videos, and I would invite you uh, to look at those. As we look at the promise of joy, I want to remind you of something that I believe is paramount in our understanding of God in our relationship to Him. And that is this. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced the sting of a broken promise? I don't know. Someone has uh, told you that they would be somewhere or do something for you or, or give you something. And when that promise was not fulfilled, it impacted your heart. It didn't just impact your time, your mind, your feelings. Uh, research actually reveals that there is a conflict and a stress that's measured out when we experience the sting of broken promises. If we think about that, it's because when a promise is made and that promise is broken, and let's be transparent here. We've been on both sides of that equation. I, I know I have. I have experienced the pain of broken promises, things that were promised to me that never came through. But I also know that I have 
broken promises that I've made to others. Well, when that happens, uh, we lose trust as well as we lose a measure of respect. Because ultimately, when a promise is broken to us, there is what we call a breach in integrity. Now remember, integrity, the actual word defined means agreement. It means agreement between your words and your actions. So here is this paramount understanding that we need to have about God and our relationship to Him. And if you are only hearing this for the first time, I encourage you to embrace this with all of your heart because this can only be said about the God who made you. And that is this, it is impossible for God to lie. That's revealed to the, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews, but we also understand that Jesus is called the truth. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. The Bible is the word of truth. So when we are looking at any promise that God has made, friend, you can count on this. He does not break his promises. He is tremendously sound in his integrity. His words and his actions always agree. If God has made a promise, you can build your life on it just like that wise man built his house upon the rock because it is impossible for God to lie. And one of the most beautiful promises that our God has given to us is this, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God, that which he has given to us through Jesus Christ, it is righteousness, right standing with him. It is peace, that peace that the Bible reveals literally transcends even comprehension, much more than just situations and circumstances. It is a peace that this world did not give you, and it cannot take it away. And also, of course, the promise that we are studying presently, and that is the joy that is ours in the Holy Ghost. This promise is not something that God just throws out casually as a byproduct of walking with Him or living with the confidence that we have heaven to gain someday. No, the joy of the Holy Ghost is so very important to God that His people understand it and live in it that He literally includes the joy of the Holy Ghost when He is defining what the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. It's so important to God that He required Jesus, His Son, our Savior, to pay for it in full. Remember, He bore our griefs and He carried our sorrows. He carried that for us so that when we experience grief or sorrows, we don't have to dwell there. We don't have to overstay in grief and sorrow. Yes, there is a grief. There is a sorrow that goes with loss in this world. I understand that. But there is a supernatural joy in the Holy Ghost that transcends and empowers us to not only push through grief and sorrow, but ultimately, even though we are experiencing loss or pain or suffering, there is an accompanying joy that belongs to the child of God, paid for in full by Jesus Christ. 
In Luke chapter 12, it's verse 32, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and this is how he says it. And of course, if you're a child of God, this includes you. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, sometimes we listen, okay, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, but I haven't earned that yet, or I haven't suffered enough for that yet. There, there is this paradigm in our generation that salvation found in Jesus Christ, it's just too simple. I, I, what do you mean I just call upon the name of the Lord and I'll be saved? I need to pay a price. I need to suffer more. I need to uh, qualify myself for this salvation. I've done a lot of bad things. I need to pay the price in order to ever experience the salvation or the saving grace of God. But friend, we have to remember salvation is a gift from God. And God has himself, according to Colossians 1.12, he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We could never, no matter how long we uh, suffer or how right we become, we by ourselves can never qualify to receive the saving power of God. It is something that only God can do, only God can pay for, but thankfully He has offered it to us as a gift through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I just want to remind you and encourage you, the Bible says anyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He was crucified and that God raised Him from the dead, and you will declare with your own heart and mouth, Jesus, I give you my life. You are my Lord and Savior. The Bible says you will be saved. When you become saved or a child of God, immediately Romans 14, 17 is yours because Jesus says in Luke 12, little flock or child of God, no matter if you have been born again for 30 years or for 30 seconds, he says it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom and the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is a promise from our God. Jesus calls him our Father who cannot lie, he cannot fail, and he cannot deny our faith or our trust in him. Remember this, joy for the child of God is not the outcome of an action received. In other words, it's not because of the result of something that took place or didn't take place in our lives. Rather, joy is the fruit of a revelation received. It is understanding a truth of a promise. Yes, God gave us this promise, but if we don't know about it, or if we do not believe it or appropriate it to our lives, even though we are saved, we have His righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If we never learn how to walk in it or how to access this joy, we can live our lives just as defeated as the world is for those who do not even know God or walk with God. And all this while, it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever sat in traffic for a really long time at a traffic light? 
you know, maybe you're you're a little bit distracted, you're, you're watching other cars or, or pedestrians walking by, whatever it may be, but all of a sudden you realize you've been sitting at this traffic light a really long time, only to eventually discover it's broken. And that light is red, it's been red, and it's always going to be red because it's broken. At that moment, dear driver, isn't it true? You have a choice to make. All of a sudden you realize, I'm stuck, I'm here, the light's broken, and the world is moving all around me. Here's the question. How long will you stay stuck at that traffic light? Well, if you're like most drivers, now you're starting to look around and what are you doing? You are waiting for your brake to put your foot on the gas and move your life forward. There are so many people, Christians and others, that I know of in our world that they have been in circumstances and situations of life that have weighed them down, not only slowed them down, but there are many who have come to a complete stop. And they have been sitting at this traffic light for a really long time. And, and they're waiting. They're waiting for joy to come. They're, they're waiting for peace to come. They're waiting for their breakthrough to come. My friend, in this world, that light is broken. You have to choose joy. Because of circumstances, situations, sometimes we wake up in the morning and we don't even feel saved. We, we don't feel spiritual. We don't feel the anointing. We don't feel the righteousness, the peace, and the joy in the Holy Ghost. This is why in Philippians chapter 4, I love how the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to look it up for us in the, in the Amplified Translation. Listen, listen to uh, this exhortation in the Word. This is Philippians 4, 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. In other words, stir up joy, gladden yourself. You could say it, rejoice is what the word here. I want to include this, rechoice. In other words, you choose every day, sometimes every hour, uh, season by season, rechoice to rejoice in the Lord. And that sounds a little cliche, I understand. But in the moment when you are challenged, that phrase is going to come back to you and you're going to rechoice because you have that well of supply, that joy of the Lord waiting to be drawn on from your spirit and your heart where the Spirit of God dwells within you. So, you're sitting at that light and you have to choose that you are going to take your break and you are going to move forward and not allow the circumstances, the feelings, the overwhelmment, maybe even uh, things in your past that the enemy has used to accuse you and say, it's over for you. You're going to have to live in grief and sorrow and depression and melancholy the rest of your days. My friend, child of God, you get up from there. Rise up and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. I remember uh, in Acts chapter 16, a man by the name of Paul,
Paul and Silas, they had uh, been follow, followed by this lady who had been mocking them for a number of days, actually. P finally, Paul had enough of it, and he said to this woman, uh, in the name of Jesus, be free, or he said to the, end, to, the, to the devil to come out of her. Uh, however you want to phrase it there, he set this woman free from the oppressive rule of the enemy. Well, her owners who were making money off of witchcraft with her and, and uh, other things that they were uh, commercializing through her situation, they were livid with Paul and Silas. So here's what they did. They had them arrested, they were beaten with rods, and then they were thrown in prison. And, and the, the, the uh, overseers, they threatened this jailkeeper uh, to such a degree that this jailer, he was so scared that he was going to let his uh, um, authorities down. He put Paul and Silas inside the innermost prison, and then he put stocks and... and um, uh, cuffs on their hands and on their feet. Well, you could look at this with Paul and Silas as they're at a traffic light. I mean, they have been brought to a halt. And they could have just been stunned, overwhelmed, and decided, wow, this is a bad situation. We don't feel really good about being here. And we're in prison. We've got uh, stripes and bruises on our backs. We are in cuffs and stocks and we can't move. But you know, they decided this light is broken and we have to rechoice that we are going to rejoice in the faithfulness and in the goodness of our God. And Paul is actually the one who wrote Philippians 4.4, and here I want you to see it again, but I want you to see him and Silas in prison. I want you to see them looking at one another and making this declaration to each other. Rejoice in the Lord, brother, always. Delight, gladden yourselves in him. And again, I say, rejoice. You say, well, what do I have to rejoice about? All of your sins are forgiven. The power of the enemy is broken. We have been uh, given the word of God. 66 books of promise that build our faith. Over 32,000 promises in this word. And remember, the God who gave them, he can't lie. He can't go back on his word. And he cannot break his promises to us. We have promise after promise after promise. We have our righteousness, our peace. We have our favor with God that surrounds us like a shield. He says, I will cause all of your steps to be ordered and ordained. I will lead you in the way that you should go. I will give you an unction from the Holy Spirit, whereby you will know what you need to know. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I will crown your entire life with my favor, my anointing, my presence and power. The list of promises goes on and on. Rejoice and gladden yourselves in Him and all of the promises that he's given. Paul and Silas decided we are not going to stay stuck at this broken traffic light. They began at midnight at the darkest hour in the innermost prison with bonds and chains and stocks on their feet that they were going to rejoice. So they lifted up their voice. They began to pray and they began to sing praises to God. 
it is amazing that in that situation where it seemed as though all was lost, they put their trust in God and they made that trust known by choosing to rejoice in the Lord. Do you know what happened? God in heaven was so happy about this joy. He was so excited and, and overwatching uh, the, the faithfulness of his sons there in the innermost prison that he caused an earthquake to happen. At midnight, when they were singing, they were rejoicing. Rather than breaking down through despair and sorrow, they broke out through rejoicing and gladdening themselves in the goodness and in the faithfulness of God. So God caused this earthquake to happen. All of the prison doors were thrown open. All of the chains fell off of all of the prisoners so that everyone is, is made free. And the jailer is just about to kill himself because remember, his authorities had threatened his life if, they, if he would allow Paul and Silas uh, to, to go free. Paul says to the jailer, don't harm yourself. We are all here and we're not going anywhere. We are not going to jeopardize your life because of our freedom. And, you know, this jailer and all of his family were born again that very morning. That's a beautiful testimony of how our joy has an impact, not only on our lives, not only on the surrounding environment and atmosphere that we live in, but it also has the power to impact other lives as well. Rather than break down through despair and sorrow, Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Gladden yourself in Him and break through, break out, break free from that broken traffic light and get your life moving forward once again in the goodness and the favor of God. Here is another way of looking at what happened with Paul and Silas and how you and I can rejoice in the Lord, whether it's when we wake up in the morning or midday or at midnight in the darkest hour or all of the times in between, did you know, child of God, that you can choose joy any moment you desire? And when you choose joy, the Spirit of God, just like He responded to Paul and Silas, let me assure you this, He cannot lie, and He will be there to empower you with the strength that is His found only in the joy of the Holy Ghost. So another way of looking at what happened here is found in Isaiah chapter 12, and this is profound, my friend. I want to read just a couple of scriptures here from chapter 12, again, Amplified Translation, beginning in verse 2. And this would be a, a declaration that you or I could make to the Lord, but of course it's uh, the people of God. But we would say, Behold, God, you are my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord God. He is my strength and he is my song. Yes, he has become my salvation. Not only is he your savior, but he is your salvation. What I mean by that is in the New Testament, it says that we have come in Christ. We are now in him. 
We are in the Lord. This is why we rejoice in the Lord. We're not rejoicing in the world or rejoicing in our pain or rejoicing in our circumstances. We are rejoicing because of who we are, what we have, and where we are in the Lord. The Bible says that we have been made alive together with Christ. We've been raised up together with Him and made to sit with Him in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So when we are in the Lord and the Lord is within us, we have so much to rejoice in. He said, I will rejoice because He has become my salvation. Verse 3, therefore, with joy, catch that phrase now, with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. Therefore, with joy will you draw up waters from the wells of salvation. So the wells of salvation for the child of God are always available, 24-7, no matter what, when, where, how, or why. When you need fresh water from your salvation, Jesus Christ is that well. He is your salvation. But remember, salvation defined, the word sozo or soteria means safety, soundness, preservation, healing, deliverance, provision, and heaven to come. What a powerful salvation. You need safety, soundness, meaning wholeness in your mind, in your, in your heart, in your body. It means healing, deliverance, freedom. It means our righteousness, peace, and joy. It means the kingdom of God is ours. So this well of salvation is at your disposal or access at any time. But let me ask you this, friend. If you have this life-giving, life-supplying well of living water waiting for your access. What if you do not have a bucket? All you have is a rope. You know, you can let that rope down into that well. And when you draw that rope up, what do you have? Well, you don't have it. I mean, you, you have a, a wet rope, but it's far more is intended for you to enjoy if you were to lower a good sized bucket down into that well. Imagine the difference of drawing up just water from a rope or drawing up water from the bucket, by the way, the size of which you decide. What is the bucket, you say? Let me read it again. Therefore, with joy will you draw up water. Your joy is your bucket. You decide what, is it going to be a, a small measure of joy or are you going to rejoice in the Lord always? You're going to gladden yourself in, in Him. And again, Paul said, I declare rejoice. In other words, you decide that you are going to let down a, a small little cup for that water of salvation, which is better than nothing. Or you can just decide, I'm going to put down a five-gallon bucket, a 10-gallon bucket, and I'm going to draw up waters of safety, soundness, preservation, healing, deliverance, provision, anointing, wisdom, truth, understanding, favor, the glory of God, the presence, the power, the promises of God, the promises of the wells of salvation are endless because our salvation is indeed our God. He is our living well. I want to encourage you, my friend, even though our 
personal challenges, our situations and circumstances of life may all be different and we experience different things at different seasons in our lives. Even though it may be all different from one another, our need and our access to the joy of the Lord is the same. I want to encourage you, rejoice. Take opportunity to rechoice when you need to and stir up that fresh water within you. And just as God responded to the rejoicing of Paul and Silas, He will respond to your rejoicing as well. Our next lesson we're going to take up the promises, the power, and the price that was paid for our righteousness. This will be our next uh, part of our study in our essentials. If you would like more information about uh, Art Evans Ministries, you can find that at ArtEvans.com. That's our website. And again, I remind you that our book is available on Amazon as well as um, Barnes and Nobles and Apple Books and such like that. I so enjoy the opportunity to study God's Word with you and um, Perhaps you can take opportunity to forward this video or uh, let a friend know about our podcast. That way we can uh, work together to get more of the word of hope and life and joy to our generation. God bless you, my friend. I will see you soon.